0: Hollywood, it's not just Hollywood writers, American script writers are off the job. First casualty, as you might have noticed, was late night television, because that's written on a 24-hour gerbil wheel. Scripted series, we're probably going to have in the pipe for a good long time. But if we are to judge this by the previous Hollywood strike, which happened in the aughts, then... Eventually, they start running out of shows, or they have to figure out how to wrap up a show without doing a finale, Uh, or they start buying shows from other markets. It was very good to Canadian television back in the day. John Rogers, born in the States, but uh, went to McGill University to study, if memory serves, astrophysics, then became a writer and a producer. Uh, Worked on the Cosby Show, not exactly as uh, nice a feather as it used to be, uh, but also shows like Eureka, Global Frequency, and Leverage, not to mention MacGyver. John Rogers is a producer, but also a very, very proud member of the Script Writers Guild and joins us now. John, I understand you're taking some time away from uh, from the picket lines for this conversation.
1: I'm in my car parked a block away from gate four of Warner Brothers, where myself and several other hundred uh, writers are picketing this particular lot, along with uh, several thousand writers picketing the lots all across L.A. What's at stake
0: in this dispute?
1: I think like most labor activities, there are two things, this compensation and working conditions. And the compensation is fairly obvious. Uh, the, the studios, the companies that we are striking against have averaged between 28 and 30 billion dollars per year in profit, profit, not revenue, profit for the last five years. During that time, we've seen our writer median income go down 4%. And if you adjust for inflation, close to 20%. The profits are up. The show budgets are up. The writer. Pay is down. How did we get here? We got here for a lot of structural reasons, but that's the first thing to fix. You know, 10 years ago, 30% of the guild worked at the minimum rate you could work at, which made sense. That's your beginners, right? 30% of your kids starting out. Now it's 50%. And that's what we're trying to put a halt to, which is the constant devaluation of writer value in Hollywood. The people who fill the blank pages that generate billions of dollars of profit for these companies are not being allowed to share in that profit. The other thing is writing uh, is working conditions Uh, for a combination of things. One of which being covid, where the writers made a lot of accommodations and agreed to work under very bad conditions so we could keep everyone employed during covid. Those conditions haven't been relaxed, where while we took advantage of this crisis to make everyone's life miserable, let's just keep the life being miserable things in place now that we're back to making lots of money. Um, Writers used to be employed up to 40 weeks, then it was 20 weeks, now they have people in what's called mini rooms for 10 weeks, the writers no longer get to share the profits of the show. If we're on those short contracts, the writers are no longer sent to set to work with the actors and directors who want us there. But the, 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 studios would rather cut our contract short and send us home than have us be on set to help with production, which not only makes the showrunner, the one writer who has to stick around their life miserable because they're doing it all alone. We're no longer training young writers to learn their craft. And so as young writers write interesting things and are given the job of making new shows, they're put in the position of being leadership, of being bosses. And, you know, I I know you and I have talked about this. A head writer on a television show, a showrunner, is actually the CEO of a $100 million company with unmissable weekly deadlines with an employee base of 200 employees. And you just don't get trained to do that, man. That is not just something people naturally know how to do. The companies are profitable. None of them are arguing they're not profitable. The thing they're chasing is infinite growth. The only thing that grows forever is cancer, and even that eventually kills the host.
0: (laughs) Isn't there an aspect to this of almost like cutting yourself off from oxygen?
1: Yeah. Without the script
0: writers, there's nothing.
1: This is the extension of that hedge fund equity vulture capitalism mentality that first came for manufacturing and then came for retail. When Toys R Us went under, It still had 40% of the American market share for toys, but it was bought, it was loaded up with debt, it was sold off piecemeal, and then the bosses let the company collapse under debt and paid themselves hundreds of millions of dollars in bonuses and got out. And what we're watching is this predatory late-stage capitalism move through the businesses, start in hard production, and then move into the information economy. You should have a good strike every couple of years to remind the company they don't just get to set the rules and everybody's supposed to just say yes.
0: Okay, and from what I understand, you're about to go walk the picket line with Jerry Ryan.
1: Uh, yeah, I just got off. She's actually out there. She came out. A lot of actors are coming out to support um, their their writers. I was a showrunner with her on Leverage, and she's actually was just on Picard, and her Picard showrunner is coming out. And the actors know. Uh, Their contract is up June 30th. They're in the same fight. You know, one of the reasons that we're getting a lot of attention for this negotiation more than we almost ever get is because we were the first union to put terms controlling the use of AI in the business. We wanted very carefully delineated rules for how it could be used. To which the company said, no, but we'd like to have a meeting about it every year. I was like, oh, I'm sure that meeting will be about how awesome AI is to replace us. I was on the AI working board, a part of the group of writers who came up with those policies. And studying that, that tech, we're in a little bit of trouble. The actors are in a lot of trouble. Because AI duplication of actors is way farther down the line. And in the last few months, the actors have seen terms in their contracts that have been added that say, literally, We now have the right to use your likeness and voice in all forms of technology, known and unknown, from now until the end of time. And so they're putting in the contract, if you do this one job for us, we have the right to duplicate you using AI and basically replace you with your own face and voice. So that's why Jerry Ryan and other actors are out here on the line with us. It's all one fight. Nobody ever said, oh, no, Jerry Ryan's here. I mean, it's really nice to have Jerry Ryan out (laughs) on the line with us. And and our other sag after friends out on the line with us.
0: John, it's nice to see you and good luck with this.
1: It's really great to see you. It's it's a reminder of that little community of comedians we had back in those those attics and basements in Montreal. And and if you follow your passion and your dream, here we are, 25, 30 years later, with people still refusing to pay us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But some of us made it.
1: (laughs) Some of us made it (laughs) out. Good to see you, John.
0: That's John Rogers. He is a producer, but talking to us in his capacity as a member of the Writers Guild and as a guy who's been shouting so much on the picket line that he's barely got a voice left.